them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. You know, it must be wonderful writing at the Weekly Standard or David French at National Review or being Mitch McConnell and being so many of the establishment Republicans. And it must be wonderful knowing the facts and knowing the truth. And then beating your chest about your superior morality to people who are trying to sort these things out about this Senate race in Alabama, about the Washington Post, about the allegations, about the timing and all the rest. This isn't so easy. It's not so easy for the people of Alabama. It's not so easy for a lot of people. I'm glad it's easy for these other folks, most of whom live inside the Beltway and write about others and so forth. I'm I'm glad they're able to uh, resolve this so quickly. And I don't think it's a coincidence that so many of them have despised Roy Moore from day one. The people of Alabama get to decide this. The people of Alabama will decide this. But there are people trying to intervene and prevent the people from Alabama deciding this. In a sense, the people of Alabama are the judge and the jury in this case. Not legally, but politically. Not op-ed writers, not editorial page writers, not senators from other states. Not even senators or a senator from that state. The people of Alabama will decide if they believe or if they don't. I find it incredible that we actually had a couple of senators, one Republican and one Democrat, one of whom heads the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which spent millions trying to defeat Moore, come out and say if he's elected, they're going to expel him. Shouldn't there at least be some kind of a hearing, a a committee review, to determine the facts? I don't mean the facts by press conference, the facts by Gloria Allred and so forth and so on. Shouldn't there be something more if, in fact, the people of Alabama elect Roy Moore to the Senate? Shouldn't there be something more than senators deciding to expel somebody? I can tell you, I don't look forward, I didn't look forward to coming on the air today. I don't look forward to any of this. I despise it all. I can't stand it. We're surrounded by this. We have a Washington Post newspaper, who you don't trust and I don't trust, Because it has an ideological and political agenda, and it has for 50 years. More than 50 years. You have Gloria Allred, who is a hack lawyer, who always shows up like an ambulance chaser at the scene of an accident. You've got the timing of all this, which really stinks, even if the women are telling the truth. Trump supporters, in two cases, they tell us, why wait till now? Why have the courage now and you didn't have the courage a few months ago in the, during the Republican primary? Why ensure a Democrat takes that seat? I'm just bringing it up because they bring it up. I'm a Trump supporter. If they feel it's relevant, I'm analyzing it. 
And then, of course, we have uh, all kinds of scheming going on. You see, here's what we can do. We can expel him if he's elected. Then we can appoint uh, Jeff Sessions. Get him out of the attorney general slot. Clear the way for Trump at justice. Or how about this one? We can write in Luther Strange, who he beat. This is the McConnell wing. And uh, have him as a write-in, as we did Lisa Murkowski in Alaska. And who knows? We might win. How about we allow the people of Alabama to decide? And how can you say in advance that you're going to expel somebody from the Senate if they're elected when you don't have all the evidence or facts? This is really tawdry from top to bottom and all around. It is really tawdry. I'm reading these things. I'm looking at these things. They all pretty much say the same thing. Evangelicals are being attacked. Well, don't you really believe in what you preach to everybody else? Yes, they do. Yes, I do. And people try to sort these things out. You have to decide who you think is telling the truth, who may not be telling the truth, who might be... Who knows what? It was dropped in our laps. We're doing the best we can with it. But when you have Cory Gardner, the chairman of the National Republican uh, uh, Senatorial Committee, who is basically an appointee of McConnell's, and that is McConnell's baby, saying that Moore should be expelled if he's elected, that's McConnell. He should be expelled if elected. Let me ask you something. Don't you think they want to expel Moore if he's elected? Because they think he's going to be a royal pain in the neck. Now, just to show you how distasteful things have become, there's a story at the time. I don't believe it's a magazine anymore. It's a website. It's a failed magazine. Woman says George H.W. Bush groped her when she was 16. I was a child. Gloria Allred is not involved in this one. Neither is a single establishment Republican. Not a single establishment Republican is denouncing this. Not a single establishment Republican on our favorite cable channel or anywhere else has said that we should all denounce George H.W. Bush. I haven't heard Cory Gardner say a word. I haven't heard Mitch McConnell say a word. I haven't heard John McCain say a word. Nobody has said anything. Because it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Even though the sixth woman has come forward. Rosalind Corrigan was 16 years old when she got a chance to meet George H.W. Bush, excited to be introduced to a former president, having grown up dreaming of going into politics. She was crushed by her encounter. Bush, then 79 years old. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just telling you, you can read it. About groping and so forth. Nobody wants to talk. Shh, don't that. It's an open secret. No, don't talk. Ah, 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 ah. In fact, there was a piece, I believe it was at Salem's Town Hall, or maybe it was at NRO, but I think it was Town Hall, in which one writer said, leave him alone. Leave George H.W. Bush alone. I have left him alone, by the way. But nobody's talking about it. Six people have come for Six he issued an apology last week. Six, pe- six people came forward. 
I'm the only one last week to talk about this incredible thing that the Senate did. They passed a resolution compelling themselves to participate in, on a mandatory basis, an anti-sexual harassment training. And I asked then, and I'll ask again, were the uh, investigative reporters, which senators are sexually harassing which senators? Which senators are sexually harassing which staffers? Which senators have sexually harassed constituents? Why aren't there any major media outlets reporting on this? If it's so bad that they have to pass a resolution against themselves, that they don't know how to behave among themselves, why don't we know who they're talking about? No, 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 no. We don't do that. No, can't do that. So I'm arguing that this is a big deal. And that we ought to know more about who's involved. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. And you've heard me talk about this. And I'm sure many of you are drawing the same conclusions. Whatever the, uh, the resolution with Roy Moore, whatever the facts are with Roy Moore, is it only Roy Moore? I, I've even thought about this. Is there no sexual harassment whatsoever, and has there been no sexual harassment whatsoever at CNN? Is that even possible? With hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of employees, and over the past 25 years, really, employees come, employees go, thousands of employees. You hear nothing, zero. It's all at Fox, but nothing at CNN. How about MSNBC? Oh, Halpern, we heard about him. How about anybody else? That's it? How about on the network's news programs or news sites? CBS, ABC, NBC, nothing? Nothing whatsoever? Zero? And yet, these same people tell us, you know, this, this sexual harassment is an epidemic. It's an epidemic, and somehow virtually every other news outlet avoids the epidemic. Is that possible? Is it true? Is there any sexual harassment that's going on or has gone on at the New York Times or the Washington Post? Not that I'm aware of. Have you seen any reports on that? Who reports on the reporters? Mark, you're ducking the Roy Moore stuff. I'm not ducking anything. I'm explaining it as best as I can comprehend it all. It's not my world. I don't live like this. I find it outrageous that we have senators talking about expelling somebody if he's elected to the United States Senate, and the only information they have is the information they have in the media. That's the only information they have. No testimony under oath. Nothing. Nothing. Terrorists at Guantanamo Bay get better treatment. And there's Gloria Allred. I knew she'd show up eventually. And you do scratch your head, don't you? The man's been alive for over 70 years. The man's been in politics for, what, 40 years? The man has been an evangelical Christian. The man has fought battles with establishment Republicans, with the federal courts, over the Ten Commandments, among other things. It's amazing how in less than a week, in less than a week, there's a completely different portrait being painted starting at the Washington Post. 
And what's interesting about some of these writers and some of these news outlets, pseudo-conservative as they are, particularly on the left too, within 24 hours they had their hatchets out. Within 24 hours they had their knives out. As a matter of fact, so did Mitch McConnell. It was almost immediate. And I'm not the only one who noticed this. I am not the only one who noticed this. Here's Chuck Todd of all people on Meet the Depressed this Sunday. Cut four, go. It's Mitch McConnell, the way he's been, this clearly felt almost orchestrated. The minute, within an hour this came out, many of the McConnell allies came out and said he's got to go. Um, sounds like Mitch McConnell has decided it's worse if Roy Moore wins. Yeah, exactly. Now, am I supposed to accuse uh, Chuck Todd of being a misogynist, of, uh, of making excuses, of being immoral, like, a man of a fake faith and fake religion? No, he's making an obvious point, a point, a point I made a few days earlier. And you and I are all supposed to pretend none of this is going on. And if we want to digest it all and process it all, and we're not immediately genuflecting to these demands and groupthink, there's something wrong with us. No, there's nothing wrong with us. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mitch McConnell and his boy Cory Gardner and the rest of them, they run out of options. If there's a writing candidate which McConnell suggested, that would pull votes away from the Republican and would elect this guy, the Democrat. They would elect the Democrat. There's no question about that. Warren Hatch thinks that's a swell strategy. He backs the majority leader, which is what he does. He's a lapdog. And, of course, the writing candidate one is Luther Strange, who is another lapdog. You see, this is why people are very troubled by all this, are second-guessing all this just seems to fall into their hands, McConnell's hands. Then he has his guy, Cory Gardner, who is truly a lightweight from Colorado. I'm sorry, guys. He just is. He runs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, and he's out there talking about expulsion. So if he gets elected, they'll expel him. Now, they're doing that for two reasons. Number one, to send a message to the people of Alabama. You can vote him in, but we're throwing him out. And number two... Because they want the governor to replace him. Probably with Luther Strange. Maybe even Jeff Sessions. But does this sound like people who care about the truth? Does this sound like people who want to get to the bottom of things? No, it doesn't. Sounds like people who are trying to exploit a situation. And I don't care about Washington. I don't care about the GOP in the Senate. I don't care about the Washington Post and the, and the National Review and Weekly Standard and all the lecturing of you and me and the others while they all sit absolutely silent with these grotesque allegations against an old man, George H.W. Bush, which is pathetic. It's sad. But they're lecturing us on morality, and they say nothing about that. Nothing. You actually have Lindsey Graham, and I talked about this, testifying at the trial for Menendez. Menendez has been accused of all kinds of graft and corruption. Apparently the jury can't make up its mind. But Google his name. He's been accused of a hell of a lot more than that. Look at it. Look at what he's been accused of. With prostitutes and all the rest of it. I don't know if it's true. 
But nobody's called for his expulsion. Nobody. This is not an excuse. It's an observation. It's an observation. A United States Senate that tolerated for decades Ted Kennedy. They knew what he did. They knew he harassed women. He molested women. In the case of Chappaquiddick, he left a woman in the, uh, in the canal. Everybody, they all know it. Everybody knows that. He's the line of the Senate. The line of the Senate. Selective morality is what we're seeing and hearing by the chest thumpers and the backslappers. Selective. If they find Roy Moore, the, the allegations, without anything more, so repugnant that they want him expelled, they want him dropped, and so forth and so on, why haven't they said the same thing about Menendez? And if they are so repulsed, and, they, and I don't have any problem with that, why do they ignore what George H.W. Bush has apparently been doing for years? I even hate bringing that up. I hate bringing it up, but I have to bring it up. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. Now notice, by the way, the Republicans in the Senate, the Republican establishment, their surrogate media. Notice who they're not mentioning. They're not mentioning Mo Brooks. They're not saying, let's get behind a Mo Brooks write-in. They're not saying, you know, if, if, if Roy Moore would just drop out, we back Mo Brooks. No, 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 no. Can't have Mo Brooks either. Why? Because Mo Brooks is a solid conservative who would vote against McConnell as majority leader in the Senate. So notice they don't bring up Mo Brooks. The Republicans want Luther Strange, or they want somebody they can control. That's what they want. That's what they're about. They're so appalled by the allegations. Are they kidding me? These are the same senators who had to vote for a resolution to control themselves from sexual harassment activity? It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. I do want to congratulate the Washington Post, those three reporters. You have taken the focus off of Hollywood and put it on an evangelical Christian, Roy Moore. That is, that is amazing how they pulled that off. Isn't it, Mr. Producer? That's remarkable. That's incredible. But the timing doesn't matter. It means nothing. Either you join in or there's something wrong with you. It's that simple. I don't know the facts in this case. I've been a lawyer too long to draw conclusions from this sort of thing. When you look at the Harvey Weinstein situation, it's not hard to draw conclusions from that. It really isn't. He didn't spend a lifetime fighting for the Ten Commandments, 
fighting for social conservatism, <clears throat> fighting the establishment in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. He is Hollywood. I mean, I think all of our jaws hit the floor when we read that very, very long Washington Post piece and we started scratching our heads and analyzing the piece. It just didn't make sense. Now you have another woman that comes forward. She seems fairly credible. Still doesn't make sense. There she is with Gloria Allred. That makes sense. Right? It's just impossible to sort through this right now in time for this general election. But it doesn't matter. As Chuck Todd said, as I said before him, but he said it on Sunday, I'll meet the press. He says this clip. Let's play it again. Cut four, Mr. Producer. Go. Is Mitch McConnell, the way he's been, this clearly felt almost orchestrated. The minute, within an hour this came out, many of the McConnell allies came out and said he's got to go. Um, sounds like Mitch McConnell has decided it's worse if Roy Moore wins. Mitch McConnell is in power, ladies and gentlemen, because he is a sleazy, behind-the-scenes operative. He leaks to liberal media. He manipulates conservative media. He uses enormous amounts of monies collected for his PACs and his front organizations, raised by lobbyists on K Street and others. He's increased the amount of money that he can get to the National Republican Senatorial Committee. He uses others, like Corey, uh, what's his name, Gardner here from Colorado, who runs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, but it is really McConnell's committee, to talk about expulsion, He's got Karl Rove out there on TV, one of his operatives. All this stuff goes on behind the scenes while you're hard at work during the day. And I'm still wondering how this story came to be. Oh, we heard about it when we were in, uh, in Alabama. And it is obvious to me, it is obvious to me that they will help elect the Democrat if they have to. For the reasons I said early on. He cannot have somebody within his midst, within his ranks, who he cannot control. But I can't verify Roy Moore's life. I have no idea. None whatsoever. And so you have to draw judgment. It is the people of Alabama. I am not a citizen of Alabama. I do not reside in Alabama. It is the wonderful people of Alabama, and they are wonderful people. They're going to make this decision. They're going to decide. Not Mitch McConnell, not Cory Gardner, not the Washington Post, and not all the uh, chest uh, bangers and, uh, and leg thumpers. But they're pushing this Luther Strange now. Not Mo Brooks. Not Mo Brooks. See, they reveal themselves in their own way, too, don't they? I think they do. We're not going to spend all day on this because it doesn't deserve it. Don, Silt, Colorado, the great KGLN, go. Hey, um, you. thanks for the nudge. I called, because of what you are talking about with Corey Gardner, I called his office this afternoon and told him flat out, that if he's primaried, I will vote for his opponent, and if he's the, in the general, I will not vote for him. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way it's going to have to work because uh, the only thing these people understand is voting. Yeah, and the only thing these people understand. All right, my friend, appreciate your call. Vic, Los Angeles, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, uh, thank you for uh, continuing on with your quests. I love you. Uh, I was listening to uh, Stewart this morning, and Napolitano was on, the judge, and he said that he cannot be expelled. Once he's elected by the people, there's nothing he can really do according to the Constitution. I think he's right, the judge, by the way. Right, because <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. He said if he committed a crime, it'd have to be while he was a senator. Not, not, and, 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 and not. Well, it would be a very interesting case, wouldn't it? Because uh, you have a new Supreme Court, and I, I happen to agree with him, but I'm not, I don't know if the Supreme Court would agree with us. Uh, it would depend, but uh, I think that's correct because he's been elected. And you and they can't just deny the people of Alabama their, their selection. Well, yeah, but the judge said he did read that Supreme Court ruling when he seen all of this, and he went back and read it. And he says, "Well, what did I just say? There's a new Supreme Court, right?" Ah, yes, you're correct. Yes. And I don't know how they would decide it. Oh, you mean put the put the test again? I see. I right, see. they could say it's a political question. The prior court was wrong, and we're not getting involved in it. Or they could say the prior court was wrong, and we're taking a different position. I have no idea. Neither does he. Mm-hmm. Select the morality again. Here we go. But I, but I do agree, if you look at judicial precedent, he's right. Okay. But let me ask you a question, then. So why would Cory Gardner, on behalf of Mitch McConnell, say, well, if he's elected, then we'll, we'll expel him? They know the same Supreme Court case the rest of us know. So why would he say that? Because they're trying to railroad the people into Alabama. They do not want them to make an independent, objective decision on their own. They're telling them what they want them to do. But here's what, the other thing I don't understand. Well, what do they want them to do? Vote for the Democrat? You know, Mark, you know what I really believe? I believe that they're willing to sacrifice almost anyone. They hate him so much. that they, And I don't think there's going to be a tax plan, personally. I really don't. They don't want to help Well, I anymore. got news for you. If it's, one, if it's the House or Senate tax plan, I don't want a tax plan. We agree. Because these guys are nuts. They want to slash taxes for corporations. I don't have a problem with that. But then they want to re- recover revenue on the backs of individual taxpayers. And they can talk about, oh, look at this. Uh, uh, you're going to get a lower tax rate while they're taking away state and local uh, property tax deductions and state and local income tax uh, deductions, and they're trying to limit interest rate. Now, that, uh, you, you got to read through this, everybody. you got to read through this. They talk about this being the greatest tax cut in the middle in American history. That is a flat-out lie. They're creating a new, higher tax rate. You know what that means? Less jobs. That's what that means. Because if people are giving more money to Uncle Sam, they're going to spend less money and invest less money. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, that's 100% correct. Uh- All right, my brother. Thank you, Vic. I appreciate it. Let's continue. Lee. Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. Good evening, Mike. Yes, I think this tax plan here, this is a good example of how Mitch McConnell looks out for themselves. And I I tell you, I'm incensed about this. They're trying to take away the decision that the people of Alabama are going to make to represent themselves. This Senate does not belong to Mitch McConnell, and this is what I I really, I I almost think that he's behind this. You know, my, my gut is that, He's, he's involved with this somehow, but, 
he is this Senate does not belong to him, and that Senate seat does not belong to him. And I, I, my, my two points I hope Roy Moore did not in was not involved with any of this, but I, I hope at the same time that the people of Alabama go out and they, I, I just want to, I hope they do the right thing. I, I, I think the people of Alabama get to decide this. Mitch McConnell, Cory Gardner, uh, the Washington Post, certain writers for certain news outlets, they don't get to decide this. They seem to be wanting to steal their decision away. I, I just hate this idea of Washington, D.C., running down to some state or another and telling them, this is how you're going to vote. We're going to, we're, if you know, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. I'll continue to ask this question. How come all these, these, um, inside the Beltway or near the Beltway, think tanks, media outlets, uh, broadcasters, how come they're not mentioning the fact that the United States Senate actually passed a resolution damning the United States Senate when it comes to sexual harassment? How, how in the heck... How, what about Cory Gardner? Is he involved in sexual harassment? No? Okay, fine. Then why did he vote for it? Uh, what about Mitch... Uh, Mitch uh, what, what about John McCain? What about all these senators? I mean, I, I find this amazing to me. Um, and it goes without notice. It goes without comment, except behind my microphone, where I keep bringing it up because I'm saying, do you understand? let me ask you something, sir. Do you need to pass a resolution, vote for a resolution, sponsor a resolution to tell you that you need mandatory anti-sexual harassment training? Do you need to pass a resolution to prove that you're not a sleazebag? I mean... Is that really I mean, really, isn't that the bottom line? And and the funny thing is, there must be a problem because they keep saying there's a problem. And yet, we don't know what the problem is. They don't tell us. Who's involved? What's the problem? There's CYA before it comes up. And notice the Washington Post doesn't do a story on it. Who are they? Politico, New York Times, NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC. Where are they? Brilliant point. Brilliant point. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. I mean, if we're going to clean this up, we're going to really get to the bottom of it, then get to the bottom of it. Do it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Thanksgiving is a little over a week away. Do you believe that? I can't wait. Are you worried everyone will notice your under-eye bags and droopy eyelids that just keep getting worse? Introducing the brand new Genesel Eye Lift for tighter, brighter, younger-looking eyes. Now here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't believe everything I hear. So I tried this eye lift on my right eye. The next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. So, ladies and gentlemen, Chaminade's best sale of the year just got better. Until Thanksgiving, so it's soon, order Genesel treatment for bags and puffiness and get the brand new Genesel eyelid lift absolutely free. And for results in 12 hours, the Genesel immediate effects is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. Plus, call in the next 20 minutes and you'll also get the Esotic RF Collagen Builder, and the deep firming serum absolutely free with your order. That's 800 Skin 604. That's four bestsellers free with your order. 
while supplies last. So hurry. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. Let me give you an example of how the media cover the media. This is from CNN, Oliver Darcy. I don't know Oliver Darcy. He has contacted me several times wanting to meet with me, and I haven't met with him. I have no idea what he looks like. I guess I could Google it. And he does an entire story here. He talks about Breitbart deploying two reporters and talks about Sean Hannity's coverage and Rush Limbaugh's coverage, which, of course, raises the question, do they have reporters covering liberal media, liberal outlets, liberal talk show hosts, and how they cover events? If so, I'm not familiar with it over there at CNN. But here's what Oliver Darcy writes of me. Mark Levin, a top conservative talk show host, took a similar approach when reacting to the Post story, saying it's impossible to judge the facts before the election. Wow, that's controversial. He then chose to zero in on the Post's credibility and question the timing of such a report. Well, that's just common sense. I would think any journalist would, too. He quotes me, Are we to believe these Washington Post reporters just happened to hear about this? They went to Alabama from some of his supporters, and now they were just able to draw the truth out of these women, particularly the former 14-year-old who's now 53 years old. Is that what we are to believe, Levin asked on his radio program last week? The newspaper that endorsed the Democrat already? That's what's going on? Levin was referring to the Post editorial board's endorsement of Moore's Democratic rival. He, however, failed to note that the newspaper's newsroom functions independently of the editorial board. It's owned by the same person. The, uh, the managing editor is the managing editor of the entire newspaper. And I know they pretend they have this wall between the two, but they really don't. They all talk to each other, don't they? I assume they all read each other's pages. But none of that matters. I actually said a whole lot more than this, Oliver. A whole lot more. And uh, you chose to ignore it. You can go back and listen to it. We save these. We archive these. That is my show on MarkLevinShow.com, our radio web, uh, website. I also pointed out that I thought opposition research was behind this, that it was very odd that it would come up after 38 years, and nobody, no local reporters would have known about it, no local campaigns would have known about it, but it comes out now after the Republican primary. Don't you find that odd, Oliver Darcy? You're a journalist. Don't you find that weird? It's very weird. And if they would dig a little bit further, they'd learn a little bit more, but they're not going to. They're not going to do it. This didn't just fall into the lap of a reporter for the Washington Post who happened to be covering um, Roy Moore's supporters. It would have fallen into somebody's lap a hell of a long time ago. And not only that, as I pointed out, the original writing in the Washington Post, it didn't even make any sense that somebody told them about multiple teenagers. But the teenagers didn't know each other. As adults, they didn't know each other. Who would this someone be? Someone knew the names of all the women, the identities of all the women. But the women didn't know each other. That smells of opposition research. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. But CNN and Oliver, they're free to go dig into it. They're the reporters. I'm not a reporter. But they're not going to. Instead, they want to slap the right. Right-wing media aim to cast doubt on more sexual misconduct allegations. And this is supposed to be a news organization, CNN. It's not a news organization. They don't write this stuff about liberals. They don't write this stuff about liberals. Worldly allegations against Menendez, by the way. But, I mean, they don't write this about 
you know, they're monitoring liberal media, liberal outlets. In fact, in this piece, they're defending liberal media, the Washington Post. It is a knee-jerk reaction. No questions whatsoever about the timing. In fact, if you ask about the timing, there's something wrong with you. Now, this doesn't get to the issue of the, the, uh, <clears throat> the veracity of the allegations or the veracity of the defense against the allegations. And I didn't say it did. But I did say the timing of this is very, very strange. And it really is. All right, we're going to discuss other things, too, as soon as I return. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let me show you. How this works. It's very, very ugly out there. Very, very vicious out there. I haven't defended anyone or attacked anyone, have I, Mr. Producer? I've just tried to analyze this. Almost like a juror, if you will. But here is a uh, an opinion piece by a, the media columnist for the Washington Post, of all places, Margaret Sullivan. Here's the headline of the piece. The ugly echo chamber of Hannity and Breitbart is why women wait so long to report abuse. So Hannity and Breitbart is why women wait so long to report abuse. What happens is the lib media, even within a single newspaper, or you see the guy at CNN, and these, they just start unleashing their hordes, unleashing, unleashing, unleashing. If you don't line up and you don't get, you know, and you don't get get this right from their perspective, then you must favor pedophilia. You must favor 32-year-old guys dating 14-year-olds. You must favor uh, uh, abusing women. You must not want women to come forth. It's just such devious, evil diabolical lying and propaganda. And the same liberal media outlets for decades protected Hollywood. For decades protected Ted Kennedy. Even today, protect men and women on Capitol Hill who are predators. Obviously, they just had to pass a resolution against sexual harassment among themselves. They sought to protect Bill Clinton for years, with a ra- despite the rape allegation. They trashed Juanita Broderick. They trashed Kathleen Willey. They trashed Paula Jones, and I can go on down the list. Remember? They held up Hillary Clinton as a paragon of womanhood, even though she led the war room trashing these women. We don't need lectures from liberals. We don't need lectures from liberal media outlets about how to treat women. The vast majority of us, the overwhelming majority of us, with our mothers, sisters, wives, daughters, we know how to treat women. Unlike members of the Senate, we don't need an anti-sexual harassment training course. But that's the way it works. And Margaret Sullivan writes, Lee Kaufman mustered her courage. 
although reluctant to go public with what she says happened to her at age 14, at the hands of Roy Moore, she decided it was important to tell her story. So Margaret Sullivan has made up her mind. She's the judge, she's the jury, that's fine, I'm just pointing it out. Am I allowed to point that out, Margaret? I have prayed over this, Kaufman told the Washington Post. So here you have a Post opinion writer defending the Post news area. Right, Oliver? Just want to make sure you see that. All I know is that I can't sit back and let this continue. Let him continue without the mask being removed. But that's not what happened. The Post found her. She didn't come forward. She and three other women decided that the voters of Alabama had a right to know about the former Alabama Supreme Court judge who, after winning the Republican primary, appeared to be headed for a U.S. Senate seat. That's not what happened. They didn't decide this. The Washington Post decided to reveal them and to contact them. That's what the Post story said. Let's go on, though. Their reward for this public-spirited bravery? To be smeared as liars. To be the objects of vicious criticism about their private lives, their marriages, divorces, and bankruptcies. And to be described as political tools of the Democratic Party. Kaufman, now a 53-year-old customer service representative, says she voted for Republican candidates in the last three presidential elections. Yes, but Ms. Gibson is a Democrat operative. But again, Sullivan doesn't want us to discuss that. You're not allowed to know. And if you do know, you must hate women. You must be trying to trash these people. You must not want them to come forward. That's preposterous. This incident happened almost 40 years ago, goes the outraged refrain. Why are these women only coming forward now? Well, I think that's a good question. Here's a better question, she says. Why would any other woman, seeing what's happened in the past week, ever come forward again? Well, there's a lot of people coming forward, Ms. Sullivan, throughout Hollywood. Maybe you're not keeping track. Maybe you failed to keep track. Are there any women at the Washington Post that are afraid to come forward? Ms. Sullivan, do you happen to know if there's any sexual harassment at the Washington Post? I'm not saying there is. I don't know. Or is it the only workplace in America, according to the left, where there isn't any? How about on Capitol Hill, which is a, just a few miles from where you write, Ms. Sullivan, at the Washington Post Corporation? They just passed a resolution condemning themselves to training because of apparently their, their epidemic of sexual harassment. Let's go on. To be the objects of vicious criticism about their private lives, their marriages, divorces, and bankruptcies. This incident happened almost... Okay, read that. She says, here's a better question, read that. This is exactly why women wait 40 years, says Gretchen Carlson, the former Fox News host who sued her longtime boss, Roger Ailes, for sexual harassment. You know, I have to say... I have to say... If some piece of crap laid a hand on my wife, 40 years, she would slug them in four seconds. And she would tell me and the whole world. Same with my mother. Same with my daughter. You might say, well, it's never happened to them. I am telling you. That a lot of people wouldn't tolerate this sort of boorish, if not criminal, behavior. They simply would not. And our EEOC, 
and other uh, federal, state, local offices that look into these matters are loaded with complaints. They're filled with complaints. Where women, and in some cases, men come forward and complain about sexual harassment on the job. It does happen. And it is reported in many, 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 many cases. So I want to point out that too. Carlson was responding not just to what Moore himself had said. You know, I I feel for Gretchen Carlson. I really do. Um, They settled with her and so forth and so on. But I don't go to Gretchen Carlson for advice on this stuff. She knows about as much of what took place or didn't take place with Moore and these ladies as I do and you do. So why is she an expert on this? What does she know? I knew nothing about her situation. I know nothing about the situation involving these ladies. I know nothing about the situation involving Moore. It's dropped into our lap, and we're asked to believe. And some of us are saying, I need to understand. I need to work it through. I need to process it. It goes on. Breitbart also gleefully claimed last week that it outscooped the Post by publishing Moore's denial before the story itself was published. It doesn't take an investigative reporting team to figure out who tipped them, given that Moore has been asked by the Post for his response to its reporting so that it could be included in the story. I see. So it's okay that Margaret Sullivan of the Post want to know who tipped off Breitbart. But if you ask you want to know who tipped off the Washington Post, then obviously uh, you're against women. What did the right uh, Breitbart reporters find in Alabama, she writes? Virtually nothing, but that didn't keep the media company, headed by former Trump strategist, perpetual bomb throw and more booster Stephen K. Bannon. Boy, that's a mouthful, Margaret. I guess we could say the Washington Post. Uh, uh, the Democrats supporting Doug Jones, uh, left-wing bomb-throwing newspaper headed by Bezos. From publishing screaming headlines like this one, Mother of Roy Moore Accuser, Washington Post reported, convinced my daughter to go public. Well, isn't that true? Isn't that true? Isn't that what the story said? That she didn't want to come forward? She didn't come forward, but the Washington Post contacted her? She did not go to them. They called her Kaufman's mother, Nancy Wells told Breitbart. Were we meant to recoil in horror, I guess, she writes, as how post-journalists committed treasonous acts of journalism? Nobody said you committed treasonous acts of journalism. Uh, Nobody said you committed journalism at all. This isn't journalism. You heard about it. Remember, your reporter heard about it. They didn't dig it up. They heard about it. Yes, they persuaded their sources to go on the record, sometimes making the case that there is a greater good to be served. Oh, now we know a little bit more from the opinion pages and uh, Margaret Sullivan. That wasn't in the original story, that the reporters told them, the women, that there was a greater good to be served by coming public, by, by, by going public. Let me go on. I don't have time to read the whole thing. Let's see where it gets to Hannity here. Nor was Breitbart alone in its eager victim blaming. Was there victim blaming? People are trying to figure out who the victims are. Fox News' Sean Hannity brought the network's legal analyst, Mercedes Colwin, on his show to blast women who accuse powerful men, saying that they mostly do it for money. There are victims of predators, Hannity allowed, having given Moore's denials plenty of airtime and emphasizing their supposedly consensual nature. 
Very few and far between, Cohen retorted. Oh, that must mean Hannity is a misogynist who trashes women. Right? Isn't that what we're supposed to believe, Ms. Sullivan? And WBMA in Birmingham, in Birmingham sent a reporter out to talk to local people, coming back with the news that they didn't believe the women's accounts. Well, they must all be creepy, too. And bringing the trashing full circle. Let's just, where is the trashing? Is this the evidence of the trashing? This is the trashing? Let me tell you, I can't speak for everyone, because I don't speak to them, and I haven't read everything that everybody said. But aren't these ladies being treated with respect as they should be? I think they are. They certainly are by me. I haven't heard anybody going out and trashing the women. They're raising questions. They're raising questions about timing. They're questioning the facts of the Washington Post report. Is somebody being trashed here? Who? By whom? Then bringing the trashing full circle, Breitbart offered the Sinclair-owned megaphone. What does Sinclair have to do with it? It is a conservative broadcaster who owns a... You know what, Ms. Sullivan? You're a buffoon. You're a clown and you're a fool. And you're very devious the way that you write. You truly are an ignoramus. Using your, you'll hate this, your Joe McCarthy tactics. Breitbart offered the Sinclair-owned station a megaphone with this headline, Alabama ABC affiliate can't find one voter who believes Washington Post report about Roy Moore in a man-on-the-street segment. So what? So what? What a, what a pathetically stupid column. Pathetically stupid column. Will you go out of your way to try and muster an argument, very poorly so, I might add, to trash Hannity and Breitbart on this? I don't agree with everything Breitbart writes. I don't even see everything Breitbart writes. But I'm looking at what you wrote, Ms. Sullivan, and it's pathetic. I don't see the smears. I don't see the women being shown disrespect. Uh, <clears throat> I see people trying to get information to try and draw conclusions. You're not the only media outlet, you know. We're all supposed to line up behind you and your editorial page and your three reporters. Well, we want to think for ourselves. But even more importantly, the people of Alabama get to think for themselves. The people of Alabama get to make this decision. Not you, Margaret Sullivan. Not your editorial page, and not your reporters who just happened to hear about this. All four women who never met each other, didn't know each other when they were teenagers or as adults. Your reporters heard, or a reporter heard, about the four women from somebody when the four women never heard about each other. The thing is still very strange to me. Now, I would say this, and Margaret Sullivan does not say this in her media columnist piece. If there are women at the Washington Post who believe they've been sexually harassed or sexually abused, you should come forward. Margaret Sullivan and I agree on this. You should come forward and tell your stories. Come forward and tell your stories. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Washington Post, who's trying to smear a Matt Drudge in the Drudge Report by claiming, in essence, that he's a propagandist for the Russians when Drudge links to far more Washington Post stories than he's ever linked to uh, most other sites. You've got Media Matters, which is a front group for the left and Democrats, uh, which is, again, trying to take out Sean Hannity, trying to boycott his advertisers, uh, insisting that Fox fire him. He is the highest-rated host on, um, on any news channel, on cable, beating regularly Rachel Maddow. So they're doing MSNBC and Rachel Maddow's bidding. They're doing the Democrat Party's bidding and the left's bidding. And they're a tax-exempt, non-profit, charitable organization. So in one day, you have Margaret Sullivan, whose op-ed I read, which is incoherent, but a hit job. You've got the, uh, you've got the same Washington Post, uh, trying to smear Matt Drudge. And uh, then, of course, you have Media Matters, which is the opposition research arm for the mainstream liberal media, I guess it is, the big lib media, feeding them information uh, and leading boycotts and censorship campaigns and uh, trying like hell to take out Sean Hannity, demanding that Fox fire Sean Hannity. For what? For what? So this is the totalitarian mindset that we're dealing with. They don't want to engage on a battle of ideas. They don't want to engage on matters of principle. And they're aided, by the way, by the never-Trumpers at the Weekly Standard and the neo-never-Trumpers at other sites who have completely abandoned their principles, completely abandoned their principles, because they're, 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 they're so furious and they can't get over their obsession with Trump. With Trump. Again, they don't have to agree with everything Trump does. I don't agree with everything Trump does. But I don't want to sabotage him. There's some things I want him to get done. Very, very much so. Which would help the country, as a matter of fact. All this is going on today. All this is going on today. Pretty remarkable. All right. Let's see if we have time for a really great caller. Let's go to Mary, Bound Brook, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. I got to tell you, honey, I love you to my very soul. Thank you. I am so afraid that we are becoming a failed state. Can Mm -hmm. this happen? I mean, everything that is going on, it seems like all of these people are coming out of the woodwork like cockroaches, as you call them and attacking everything that we believe It's the progressive movement. It's the progressive movement. Every time you turn around, there's some tradition, value, or belief system that's under attack. And when you have something like this, and it's dropped in your lap, and you bear to take a breath and talk about it and look at it, you're attacked for that. I'll be back. of sanity in an insane world. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. When's the last time we had a slow news day? Now think about that. For well over a year now, 
We've been constantly bombarded with breaking news, fake news, manufactured outrage. Unfortunately, the antiquated networks continue to only cover this with their predictable bias and dangerous agendas. So if you're tired of their game, and you're looking for a strong, honest voice outside the mainstream media, then look no farther than Levin TV and CRTV. Levin TV is one of the programs carried by our conservative review TV network. CRTV was created to be different, to be better. No other network provides more of the people you trust, the content you seek, and the viewing experience you deserve. With shows like Levin TV, In the Woods with Phil Robertson, and Michelle Malkin Investigates, Louder with Crowder, just to name a few, you'll get a fresh perspective and unfiltered assessment of the issues that are truly important to you. It's time to cut the cord on the old guard and join the CRTV media revolution. Go to CRTV.com and start your free trial and get access to every show that CRTV offers. That's CRTV.com or... If you're sitting in your car, I want you to pick up your cell phone right now and give us a call. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. We have a great Levin TV tonight, as a matter of fact, and I go over the tax issues. And I want to talk a little bit about that today, right now. I said the other day, yesterday, and I want to repeat it today. No, it wouldn't have been yesterday. I guess it was Friday. Today, Monday? Yes. So let me repeat it now. I want the House bill to fail, and I want the Senate bill to fail. These are not serious tax cuts. It's not serious tax reform. The internal, code will, uh, internal Revenue Code will remain hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages, with thousands of pages and regulations. That's number one. Number two, this is not an across-the-board slashing of taxes. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. The only slashing of taxes occurs on the corporate side, and I support them, from 35% to 20%. But then, but then, individuals, so-called middle class, so-called upper middle class, so-called upper class, are to subsidize the tax cuts for the corporations. $1.5 trillion in tax cuts, $1.5 trillion in tax cuts over a period of years, $300 billion of which, essentially, are on the individual side. $1.2 trillion on the corporate side. That is preposterous. Preposterous. And then they claim this is the biggest tax cut in American history. Many of you will not be able to deduct the property taxes you pay on your homes or the state income taxes, which is very, very important to you. So while they may reduce your tax rate slightly, by eliminating or significantly curtailing that deduction, your tax rate is effectively going up. In other words, the tax rate you'll pay will effectively be higher. Now they're going to tell you they have studies and that the average person within your group, I don't know about you, but when I pay taxes, I'm not in a group. I sit down with a CPA because I can't figure it out. I've never been good with numbers, let alone the Internal Revenue Code, and I certainly don't want to sign anything under penalty of perjury. So they scare the hell out of you, number one. Number two, um, where is this streamlining the tax code? It doesn't streamline anything. What happened to the fair tax or the flat tax? What happened to filing your tax return on a single page. I'm not talking about people who don't pay taxes and then get so-called refunds for not paying taxes. 
Ladies and gentlemen, 50% of the people in this country who work are not paying a net federal income tax. That is an outrage. 60% of them are paying nothing or 5%. 40% of us are carrying the weight for the entire country, for the entire welfare state. We are the ones who are burdened with it. Our children are the ones who are burdened with it. Our grandchildren are the ones who are burdened with it. 40% of us carry the weight for 60%. And it's even worse. It's even worse. The vast plurality of individual income taxes is paid by the top 5%. Many of you may say, well, that's not me. I'm not that Many of you are in the top 5%. You may not know it, but you are. They have skewed these groupings and categories. They've used language to deceive you. Oh, I'm in the middle class. Actually, many of you are not in the middle class anymore. Many of you are not. And so, we're told this is the biggest tax cut in American history. They're creating a new top rate. They're creating a new top rate of 45.6% for an individual who earns over a million dollars and a couple over 1.2 million. Well, screw them. I don't earn that. Well, many of them are small businessmen and women who do not file as corporations. They file as proprietors. In other words, they file an income tax form like many of you do. They're going to get clobbered. They're going to get slammed. Clobbered and slammed. And what about them competing? What about the difficulty they're going to have? I reject the House proposal. And by the way, let, let, let me just take a read because the media keeps shoving microphones in the faces of, uh, of Republicans now. Asking them about Roy Moore. They don't shove microphones in the face of Democrats asking them about Bob Menendez. Why is that? Well, we know why. All right, I'm back. So, I understand that this would be a political setback for the president. But I'm not interested in political setbacks, political progress, political this, political that. The president should get involved in it directly. The president should control this process the way Reagan did. If you leave it to these dunderheads, these knuckleheads in Congress, this is what you get. But my fear is if it does pass, either of them plans. That will be an enormous setback for the Republican Party and conservatives generally. And I'm very troubled that a lot of conservatives in Congress aren't speaking out against this. I know they quote-unquote won a victory. I know they do. I don't blame them. Then propose something that you can celebrate and actually have a victory over. This isn't it. I was there during the Reagan tax cuts. I was in the administration. I lived through that. Many of you did. This is not that. And to his credit, I know it's amazing. Jake Tapper over there at CNN, he had Mnuchin on, the Treasury Secretary, the liberal Democrat from Goldman Sachs, New York, looking out for the little guy, with Jake Tapper. Cut one, go. I want to um, po- point to the fact that President Trump keeps saying that this is the biggest tax cut in history. So we've tried to find a way that this is true, um, but it's not. As If you look at the tax cut bill, tax bill as a percentage of the gross domestic product, it would be the eighth largest. If you look at it in inflation-adjusted dollars, it would be the fourth largest. If you look at it just dollar for dollar, it would be a third largest. 
isn't it important just to like have factual debates when discussing these things? Well, as you just commented, there's lots of different ways of looking at it. This will be the largest change since President Reagan. Largest change? Yeah, the largest change to the tax system and the largest cuts since Reagan to the tax system. Think about that's this. That's not the biggest think, tax think cut. Think about in this. Biggest tax cut going from 35% to 20% in corporate taxes. If that's not the biggest tax cut to make our businesses competitive, what is? The pass-through rate is going to be the lowest rate since the 1930s. But you're if making, that's not, you're if making, that's not, it sounds like you're making factual arguments that are different from what President Trump says. No, he says it's the biggest tax cut in history. It, it is the biggest tax cut in history on mostly every single part of the plan. No, it's not. And why do you keep lying? If you want the biggest tax cut in American history, then offer the biggest tax cut in American history. If you're not going to offer the biggest tax cut in American history, then stop saying you are. You're creating a top bracket, a top bracket of of 45.6%. And when you add in 3.8% on the Obamacare tax, ladies and gentlemen, that's 50% on some of our fellow citizens. That's not good. Even if you're a class warfare warrior, even if you're jealous of other people, that's not good. Good. Under Republicans in the House and Senate and a Republican president, you're actually going to kick the top rate to really 50% when you throw in the Obamacare tax. And if those people live in, in blue states, not by choice, but this is where they were raised, this is where their business is, are, this is where their homes are, or we're going to punish them because they, they, they have the unfortunate circumstance of living under blue uh, dictatorships, if you will. No, that's not the way a tax code's supposed to work. It's not about states and groups. It's about individuals. And I'll tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. The purpose of taxes. What is the purpose? The purpose of taxes is to fund the legitimate activities of the federal government, which are supposed to be constitutional activities. And yet, right now, the purpose of taxes is to fund whatever the government wants to do. That is, you and I are being taxed, those of us who actually pay taxes, you and I are being taxed to fund the progressive agenda. I mean, in addition to the constitutional aspects, we're we're being asked to fund a hell of a lot more. You and I are funding an ideology. Redistribution of wealth, stick it to the rich, stick it to this, give it to that. That's all progressive BS. So much of what you earn, which is confiscated by the government, doesn't go to the military, doesn't go to roads and bridges, doesn't go to the, uh, the FBI and all the rest of it. It goes to somebody else. Through some department, through some program, and winds up in their uh, bank accounts. They didn't earn it. Their family didn't earn it. And I'm talking about well beyond, well beyond helping people to get a leg up. I'm talking about endlessly funding them day in and day out, year in and year out, decade in and decade out. It's the redistribution model. We're going broke doing it. You and I are paying enormous taxes for it. So we never have that debate, which is why I keep saying, notice we never discuss what to cut in the government. Never. So Jake Tapper was as good as he gets to the point, to that point. But he didn't add the other point. You're raising taxes. Why aren't you cutting spending? You're slashing taxes for corporation, but you're raising taxes on people who own homes. And I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but certainly over the years when I've purchased a home, a residence, you look at the entire layout. You look at, okay, what's my mortgage? 
What's the interest? What's the property taxes? And then you look at the net. All right, I deduct this and I deduct that. Okay, I can afford the home. If all of a sudden they're going to say the interest is limited and you can't deduct the property tax, and by the way, if you pay a state income tax, you can't deduct that at all, they're going to kill the housing market. They're certainly going to hurt it, and they're certainly going to hurt many of you. Yes, but you're in this group, not in any group. I pay my mortgage. I pay my taxes. This isn't a group event. So you better pay attention to this. You better pay attention. This is very important. And I'm taking the position. I don't care what position anybody else takes. That these proposals need to be killed. It's better to have the tax system we have, which is a disaster, than to have one that's a double disaster. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. live in red states how many of you own homes in red states how many of you have mortgages in red states how many of you pay interest on your mortgage in red states how many of you pay property taxes in red states how many of you pay sales tax uh, uh, state income taxes in red states this thing we're not going to subsidize the blue states i don't know about you ladies and gentlemen But my property taxes on my home in Florida are much higher than my property taxes on my home in Virginia. And Florida is a a nominally red state. But again, this is the propaganda that Washington is blowing at you right now. The point is we're dealing with individuals. And there's many, many people, conservative Republicans, who live in red states, who own homes and pay property taxes who if the Senate has their way, the Republicans in the Senate, if they have their way, you will not be able to deduct them on your federal income tax return. And yet, when you purchased your home, that was one of the things you took into consideration. Now, this word subsidize, we're talking like Marxists and leftists now. Nobody's subsidizing you. That money is your money. It just means you'll pay a little less to the federal government. And this is my point from point one, which is the point of taxation is to fund the legitimate activities of the federal government, not to redistribute wealth. Not to support the progressive ideology. And this is what most of our money goes towards. Most of our money doesn't go to the military. Most of our money doesn't go to federal highways. Most of our money goes to a massive welfare state and redistribution of wealth. The progressive enterprise. And my God, if you have a couple deductions like property taxes... Oh, we're subsidizing you in the blue states. No, you're not subsidizing anybody. That's the money that belongs to the people who actually make this country work. Moreover, people in red states own homes too. People in red states pay property taxes too. Look how we get caught up in their propaganda. I refuse to. It ain't going to happen here. No way. Both these bills, in a word, suck. But don't worry, Mark. They haven't actually come to a conclusion yet on what they're doing. Oh, then we should wait till they do? Then it's too late. Then it's too late. You know, my uh, fellow patriots, you've heard me talk about AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, and their conservative efforts on the Hill. 
Did you know that AMAC is also your resource for all things Medicare? Now that the Medicare annual election period is here, it's the perfect time to visit AMAC's website at www.amac.us. If you're searching for a Medicare plan that meets your needs, AMAC's Senior Resources Network is a great place to start. With access to multiple A-rated insurance companies, AMAC is able to deliver to you choices. More than that, AMAC has knowledgeable, licensed agents who will take the time to answer all your questions, explain your options, and help you choose a plan that suits your individual needs. Personalized Medicare guidance from licensed certified professionals, plus the ability to choose what's right for you, another reason why AMAC is better. Don't wait. The Medicare annual election period runs through December 7th. Then it's over. Speak to a trusted, licensed AMAC agent to discuss your personal needs. Learn more at www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. Susan, Atlanta, Georgia, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm convinced that uh, Republicans, especially the rhinos, do not want the majority because when they have the majority, they have to actually do something. They would prefer to sit back and eat their caviar, go to their parties, earn their salaries, and say, oh, we can't do anything because we don't have the majority. We're at term limits. We need term limits. That's the only thing that will fix this. Well, guess what? You can't get term limits through statutes, the Supreme Court ruled. Uh, you need to have a constitutional amendment. And I can assure you, you're not going to get two-thirds of House members and two-thirds of Senate members to propose a term limits amendment to the states that ratified by three-fourths of the legislatures or convention. The only way, listen, country, the only way you can get term limits is through a convention of states meeting under Article 5. That's how you get term limits. All right, Susan, I appreciate your call very much. Wow, two hours are gone already? Man, oh, man, we got one big, powerful hour left, and I'll be right back. of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, let me show you, as a factual matter, how Democrats react when one of their own is under the gun. When one of their own has been indicted on multiple federal criminal charges. I'm not saying Senator Menendez is guilty. A jury's going to decide. Right now the jury's deadlocked, which means he could be tried again if that's how it stays. Of course, he's being tried in a Democrat county with, well, I won't get into all that. But that said, he's accused of selling political and legislative favors in exchange for vacation trips, gifts, valuable gifts, and on and on and on for decades. Man has been indicted. Man's on trial. The Democrats say 
he needs to get out. These are very, very credible accusations by very, very credible prosecutors. Multiple accusations, multiple charges over a period of time. All kinds of evidence. He needs to get out. And if he won't get out, we should expel him. Has Cory Gardner said that Menendez should be expelled? No. Has Mitch McConnell said he should resign or be expelled? No. Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham testified on behalf of Menendez at his trial. He was a character witness. So was Cory Booker. Chris Van Hollen uh, was elected to the Senate recently, was a House member of a long standing. He's a leftist from a very leftist area in Maryland. And Chris Wallace, to his credit, put the question to him yesterday. Cut nine, go. As long as we're talking about allegations, a jury in New Jersey is right now considering not allegations, but charges of political corruption against Democratic Senator Bob Menendez. If that jury convicts him, convicts him, not allegations, but a conviction, should he step down? Chris, he, he, we're going to leave this decision to the jury, and I'm not going to get ahead of the game. Oh, not going to get the head of this game. No, go ahead. People on the jury will look at the facts, just like people in Alabama will have to look at the facts. Oh, oh, people in Alabama have to look at the facts. But I just thought everybody said that Moore should resign. Moore's guilty, uh, that uh, he's a lech, he's worse, that, uh, that Moore uh, should be expelled if the people of Alabama do decide. Go ahead have to render a decision and I'm not going to speculate about what the outcome of that jury decision that it it's rather abrupt all right then we have little Dick Durbin of the great state of Illinois the, the state of Lincoln has spit up a Dick Durbin and he was on CNN yesterday and Jake Tapper that's two Jake that's good put the question to Durbin cut 10 go if your colleague, Senator Bob Menendez, New Jersey Democrat, is convicted on the corruption charges, he's on trial right now, the jury is still deliberating, will you vote to expel him? I'm not going to get into the hypotheticals on either of these situations. Oh, he's not, not, we're not getting into hypotheticals here, brother. He's charged. He's being tried. If he's convicted, will you vote to expel him? Simple question and a non-answer. Go ahead. Several steps removed. Uh, I'm hopeful that when all is said and done, that Bob Menendez will be returning to the Senate representing the state of New Jersey. Well, why are you hopeful? What if he's guilty? See what I mean? This is how the Democrats protect their own. And there's no Republican out there demanding that uh, Menendez resign. Not one. Not one. Cut 11. Tom Perez, the DNC chair. He's a rather loathsome individual. He was on ABC's This Week with Martha Raddatz. Cut 11, go. I'm going to very quickly say, in corruption charge of the trial of New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, if he is found guilty, do you think he should? Well, those are, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. The jury has not spoken yet. Oh, let's just, hey, look, slow down. We've got to wait and see what happens here. Let's not, let's not uh, jump the conclusions here. I mean, the man's indicted, isn't that it? I'm not, I'm not saying that he's guilty, but he's indicted. Shouldn't he step down based on that alone? No, no, you don't understand. Due process, due process. What do you think? This is Alabama? No, 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 no. This is New Jersey. All's well and good here. Let's just let the system work. 
Let the jury decide. What about in Alabama? Let the people decide. No, they don't get to decide. We get to decide. Go ahead. Should he resign if he's... Well, again, uh, the jury has not spoken yet, so I, I don't like to answer what-if questions. Oh, what-if questions. Of course you do answer what-if questions all the time. Yes, you do ask what-if questions. And I know they ask what-if questions all the time. Oh, yes. Um, let's see here. What if questions here? It's the Republicans coming out now. They're, they're all behind Luther Strange. The people of Alabama are not behind Luther Strange. Our friend Pat Toomey, he says Luther Strange would be a strong candidate. Uh, Mitch McConnell thinks Luther Strange would be a strong candidate. Uh, when Orrin, when the Mitch McConnell speaks, Orrin Hatch is there, uh, to catches every syllable. He agrees. Luther Strange would be good. Luther Strange, Luther Strange. This is why so many people, including in Alabama, are repulsed by this whole thing. They don't bring up Mo Brooks. What about Mo Brooks? No, because Brooks says he would vote against McConnell to be the leader of the Republican Party. Well, we can't have him. That's our buddy Luther Strange. He was rejected. Hey, he's our guy. Luther's a good guy. He's a good guy. Now, of course, Luther was caught up in all kinds of ethics issues involving the, the former governor. There was some question about what he did with the former governor in order to get the position of uh, the United States Senate. Lots of questions. Yes, but, but you know, that's okay. Those accusations are illegitimate. And besides, the Washington Post won't bring them up. So it's okay. That's okay. Luther's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Pathetic. It's all pathetic. I want to get to this issue. I've never discussed football so often on this show over the last year or so. This guy, uh, Roger Goodell. I'm sorry, I'm with Jerry Jones strongly on this. This Roger Goodell needs to go. He's a disaster. You know what this guy's demanding? You probably heard it today or read it today. Have you seen this, Mr. Producer? He wants $49.5 million a year. He wants lifetime use of a private jet and lifetime health care coverage because he knows and we know Obamacare is killing health care. So he wants these billionaire owners to pay for his health care and his family the rest of the time. And these details are leaking out. This guy has now made about $200 million as commissioner. I want you to think about that. And soon it will be a quarter of a billion dollars. As commissioner of the National Football League, which is dying in part thanks to him. Thanks to him, this jerk. We in the uh, football community, the community... You know, our community, our community, remember that Remember that press event? The community. Uh, community. And so this guy wants a private jet for the rest of his life. He wants lifetime health insurance for his family and him. Uh, and he wants $49.5 million a year. Worth every penny, don't you think? And in my view, he ought to have his ass kicked right out of the NFL. Well, here's a piece in the New York Post. 
NFL owners discuss nuclear option to banish Jerry Jones. As tensions continue to mount over the NFL commissioner's contract extension, some of Jones's fellow billionaire owners have had enough of the sideshow antics and have reportedly looked into the so-called nuclear option, in which the polarizing 75-year-old could forfeit his beloved Cowboys franchise. I'm going to tell you this. If these liberal owners, like Jeff Lurie, I don't know if he's behind it, but jerks like him, and I'm an Eagles fan, and he's the owner of the Eagles. I can't stand this guy. It's big lib. Huge lib. And there's a handful of these goofball libs in the NFL, of course. Like I say, I've met and know the Washington Redskins owner, Dan Snyder. He's a patriot. It's a patri- And I mean a patriot, New England patriots. I mean a patriot. But this guy, Lori, sorry, Philly, I'm from Philly. What a complete schmuck. There, I said it. Anyway, so... Um, Jerry Jones is standing up to this, you see. He's not allowed to. He's polarizing. An insider tells Pro Football Talk multiple owners have conversed about the possibility, which is highlighted in Article Senate, uh, 7 of the NFL's Constitution and Bylaws, of taking his team away from him if he doesn't shut up and sit down. You know what you should do, Jerry? Take a knee. That's right. Say, hey, I get free speech around here, too. Matter of fact, I'm an owner. Through the extreme plan B would likely result in years or decades of lawsuits upon lawsuits. The possibility of Jones losing his prize franchise, which he's owned since 1989, is the result of his speculative invo- excuse me, speculated involvement in the public bashing of the NFL through Papa John CEO John Schnatter. The league's sponsored pizza makers since 2010 ripped NFL leadership for its handling of the national anthem protest, blaming declining ratings for decreased sales. Well, that happens to be true. So what they're trying to do now is threaten Jones and silence Jones because he's one of a handful of owners who actually makes sense. I'm going to tell you, the, the rest of the NFL owners are going to be sending you and me a signal if they extend this idiot Goodell's contract 49.5 here I'll make a deal you want to hear this Mr. Producer I'll do it for 20 million a year and I don't need a private jet and I'll take care of my own health care I'll do it for 20 million a year 20 million a year for 5 years that's all that's all 20 million a year for 5 years what's that 100 million okay 100 million even with the new tax brackets and all the rest, I can live on that. I can live on that. This guy wants $50 million. What did I say? Uh, $20 million. I'll take $20 million a year. And you know what? I'll do a job a thousand times better than this guy. A thousand times better than And I'll start watching football again, too. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? And I would know how to deal with the players' union. Oh, yes, I would. Yes, I would. So there, the offers are out there. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Washington Post, I know the source, have to consider it, is reporting, but so are other media outlets, that Attorney General Jeff Sessions is, in fact, considering a special counsel for the uranium scandal. 
I think that would be outstanding. If we're going to have special counsel, then let's have special counsel. And among other things, uh, that special counsel must have as part of its uh, portfolio the investigation of former FBI Director Mueller and his role, former FBI Director Comey and his role, uh, former Obama administration intelligence officials, the, uh, that would be, among others, Brennan and uh, Clapper, to see what roles, if any, they had. And, of course, Hillary Clinton and Eric Holder goes to the highest levels of the Obama administration. And when you're talking about the transfer of 20% of the control of America's uranium and giving it to a Putin front state-run Russian company, that is the biggest sellout of America in American history. And I know this is very complicated for the liberal media. Very complicated for the Washington Compost, the New York Slimes, the Constipated News Network, and the MSLSD. I understand they want to ignore this story. But it's big news, whether they think so or not. Let's hope that happens under these circumstances. They want special counsel? Let's give them special counsel. Matt, Green Mills, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, it is great to talk to you. It's a pleasure. I'm a long-time listener and first-time caller. Thank you, sir. I want to talk tax reform with you a little bit. and I, I completely agree with, with all that I've heard about the tax reform bill that's uh, put forth by the Republicans one thing I wanted to mention is we talked about deductions quite a bit and how they'd hurt people like me uh, and other families in the country. But don't we need to to kind of to, to simplify the tax code, take out those deductions? I agree, large tax cuts need to happen. But is there is there room? Let, there? let me let me tell you something. Deduction, <laughs> your property tax deduction doesn't complicate the Internal Revenue Code. That's not what's complicating the Internal Revenue Code. What's complicating the Internal Revenue Code is the way they treat corporations. Most of us can file an individual uh, income tax return. It's relatively simple, isn't it? It is. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, those who, who go to work each day, the payroll deductions are taken out. Uh, whatever's left, you know, uh, some people can do their taxes on their own. I can't because I'm an idiot. I just am not good with numbers, and I don't want to screw up and make a mistake because I will be targeted. So just to get the gold standard, I hire a CPA to help me out. But that said, even my taxes are not complicated in that sense. And yet there, there are hundreds and hundreds of pages and thousands of pages when you include regulations in there. And that's what's stymieing growth and so forth. But look, if you're saying these deductions, you know, we need to simplify the code, if they really want to simplify it, and they want a flat tax rate for everybody, or they want a sales tax under the fairness tax, I'm all for it. Because most people will see their taxes go down. But they're not going to do it. And they won't do it because they are revenue-obsessed. And by revenue-obsessed, I mean they are spending so much money. Even with a Republican president and Republican Congress, they are spending so much money that they are adding enormous sums to the debt. The problem is, I don't care how fast you grow this economy, despite what the uh, supply side guys say, I don't care how much uh, uh, they, they fiddle around with the tax code. If you don't start slashing spending, and including reforming entitlements, and getting the welfare state under control, in the end, none of this is going to matter. It's just not going to matter. All the Pollyannas out there, for growth, I'm for growth, 
But if you don't control the growth of government somehow, some way, I mean, even Milton Friedman made the point, we should limit the growth of government to the per- a, a percentage of the GDP. My recollection is he said 17%. It could be 17, 17 and a half, 16%. That's plenty of money. The GDP right now is about $17.6 trillion. $17.6 trillion. But they will not do it. And the Republicans will not do it. And Paul Ryan's on Sunday show sounding like Saul Linsky and Bernie Sanders. Your little deduction, which is a big deduction to individuals and families for property taxes and state income taxes, isn't what's making the difference here. It isn't what's making the difference. Anyway, Matt, I appreciate your call. i got to take a break at the bottom of the hour. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. It's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, guys, if your workplace is business casual, a Yale study found that simply dressing at level up earned you greater respect and success at work. Bottom line, smart guys are dressing for success by upgrading their business dress and business casual wardrobes. And setting the trend for guys who want to punch up their style without breaking the bank is a British shirt company, Charles Tirrett. When you arrive in a CT shirt, when you arrive to work, client meeting or holiday party, you look completely put together. These are the best shirts on the market. I have several of them in my closet, and I want you to try them too. Check out this deal that I got for you. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, right? But right now you'll get three shirts for just $99. That's 60% off. The holidays are here. This is the perfect time to do it. And CT shirts come with free delivery. A six-month quality guarantee. Free returns. 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts, but you need to hurry. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. That's ctshirts.com. Three shirts, 99 bucks. Free delivery. A six-month quality guarantee and free returns. Don't wait till the last minute. Thanksgiving's almost here. The holidays are coming. It's a great gift for your boyfriend, your husband, your father, your grandfather, your uncle. Or for yourself. I think it's a great shirt. I have several of them. They're really, really comfortable. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful. CTshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Levin. Let's go to the caller, shall we? Dana, Iowa City, Iowa, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, I just want to mention that when... If this tax plan goes through, the truck driver's going to really hurt you because of all the deductions that we rely on, like the per diem, uh, the being able to take our medical, everything. Um, it's going to end up uh, making the truck driver make the pay taxes, where a lot of the truck drivers will end up finding a different uh, profession, and America will stop in that way. You know, I don't think it's a good deal. 
especially for the truck driver. You're the second truck driver who's called me about this. And I believe that's correct. You see, these have intended and unintended consequences. If they would just slash taxes across the board and give, body, and give everybody real effective uh, rate relief, lower rates, if they're not going to do a flat tax or the fair tax, this is the way you do it. As I say, as Reagan did it, where it was the greatest, most broad-based tax cut in American history. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call very much. There is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, and here it is. It's from the Daily Caller. There we go. Citing the New York Slimes. Chuck Ross. John Podesta. John Podesta was the campaign chairman for Hillary Rotten Clinton. Met with Fusion GPS founder after Trump dossier was published. Here we go. Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta met with the founder of the opposition research firm behind the Trump dossier just after the dirty document was published earlier this year, according to a new report in the New York Slimes. The revelation is significant because Podesta, a longtime Democratic operative, recently told the Senate Intelligence Committee that he did not know who paid for the research firm Fusion GPS to produce the dossier which BuzzFeed published on January 10. Now let's take a step back. The general counsel of the Hillary for Clinton campaign was the bagman, the go-between, the lawyer who got the funding, his law firm, he and his law firm, from the Hillary Clinton campaign in the DNC. He made the payments. He retained Fusion GPS. Now we know John Podesta, the campaign chairman of the Hillary Clinton for President Committee. Yes, he met afterwards with the opposition research founder after the Trump dossier was published earlier this year. The revelation is significant because Podesta is this longtime Democratic operative. An associate of Podesta's told the New York Slimes that he met with Glenn Simpson, the founding partner of Fusion GPS, to compare notes about Russia's meddling in the election. Podesta's associate told the New York Slimes that Simpson of Fusion GPS was considering whether his firm should continue its investigation of Trump's alleged ties to Russia. The Times report does not say whether Podesta and Simpson discussed the Clinton campaign's involvement in the dossier project. Well, I would add this. Why wouldn't they? It'd be rather strange if they didn't. It's reported last month that Perkins Coy, I know it's Coy, but I don't care, the law firm that represented the Clinton campaign in DNC hired Fusion GPS in April 2016 to investigate Trump. Fusion hired former British spy Christopher Steele that June to investigate Trump's activities in Russia. And it goes on. Now, I have said, ladies and gentlemen, over and over again, what's at the bottom of this? What's at the bottom of this is that the Hillary Clinton campaign in the DNC used this bag man, Mark Elias, this lawyer who worked for this law firm, to hire to retain Fusion GPS. It, in turn, retained the former British spy, the M6, uh, whatever it is, the spy, uh, uh, Christopher Steele, who worked with Kremlin operatives to produce this 35-page smear job on Trump. And it is believed by me and others, as I said to you weeks and weeks and weeks ago, that that document served, if not the primary source, a source in triggering the FBI 
investigation of Trump world, including, I believe, requests from the FISA court judge for a warrant, a secret warrant, to wiretap, that is, to surveil the Trump world, aspects of the Trump world, individuals in the Trump world. If this is true, you understand what I'm saying and what I've been saying since March. That means a presidential candidate from the opposition party of the president in charge of the administration, Obama, will have used the instrumentalities of federal law enforcement, federal law enforcement, to surveil, to spy on, if you will, the Republican candidate for president of the United States. This is a big deal. And I understand the louts, the thugs, the buffoons in the media wish to dismiss this. They're busy in Alabama right now. You understand, and I understand, that that's exactly what they are. This guy, Stetler from CNN, fat little doughboy, ignoramus. And there's so many of them. So many of them. We're going to stay on this as we've stayed on this for months and months and months and months. I think we have here, if not the greatest scandal, one of the greatest scandals in American history, along with the uranium scandal. It's hard to keep track, but we will keep track. That the Republican candidate for President of the United States was surveilled by the Obama administration. In part, if not mostly because of the work of Fusion GPS, which was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC, to cut it down to its basics. And now we know John Podesta met with Fusion GPS founder after the Trump dossier was published. I don't know what happened. I don't know who paid. Well, I don't know. I, they know everything. They know everything. And the report now is that Jeff Sessions is considering a special counsel to investigate the uranium scandal. I wish they would use that special counsel to investigate the uranium scandal and the dossier scandal. The uranium scandal and the dossier scandal. Should I repeat it? I don't think I will. That'll become annoying. Now, let's take some more calls, shall we? I'm looking over. Is there anything else I wanted to get to today? I think I hit most of it. Okay. Let us go to Larry, Wichita, Kansas, Sirius Satellite, a trucker. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you? It's my pleasure. Thank you, sir. I just wanted to thank you for all you do for us. I've learned everything I know about the Constitution and legalities from you. I've listened for years. Thank uh, you. you're, you're just everything I need to know I get from you. I've learned more than I ever learned in school. I've learned from you, and I really appreciate you. Uh, I'm out here every night listening to you. I like the other guys. I like Hannity, and that you're it. You're the man. Well, you're very kind. He's my buddy, too. And by the way, there's an organization funded by leftists and Democrats uh, which has received a uh, tax-exempt status from the IRS that, as I speak, is trying to have Hannity pushed off the Fox News channel, trying to destroy him. And they've been working on this for months and months and months. And the group's called Media Matters. What do you think about that? Oh, I hate them. I hate them. I've heard about them before. Yeah, they're just, they're just 
left wing liberals, you know, kooks trying to take take over us. <laughs> but it is a fascist us. mentality, don't you think? Trying to shut people down and destroy them rather than engage in debate. Yes, I tell you another thing. My two senators from the state of Kansas are supporting McConnell against mm-hmm. Judge Roy Moore. I despise that. My two congressmen, I mean, senators don't do anything for us. Now, even apart from Moore, they're both lightweights. you got uh, Roberts, who slipped back in. And, of course, he's really the senator from Alexandria, Virginia, where he lives uh, 98% of the time. And uh, you got this other guy, Moran, or a.k.a. Moron, and he's in there. You're right, they're lapdogs. All right, Larry, thank you for your call, and thank you for uh, what you do, bringing us all the goods that we need across the country. All you truckers out there, I love you. Thank you. Let's go to Karen, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, home of the great Tide. The great yes, number one tide. Alabama Roll Tide. I'm tell you, that team is unbelievable. Yes, they are. We're so proud of them. Um, and I'm so honored to be talking to you. And thank you. And Georgia lost, so there they are. They're up at number one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. I never thought I'd be grateful to Auburn. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, that wasn't even close. It was not even close, so we're, yes. we're interested to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But thank you for having me on. I, I just yes, wanted ma'am. to make some comments about the Judge Roy Moore situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do think it is pertinent that initially I did support Luther Strange, but now that Judge mm-hmm. Moore is our candidate, I would give my support to him. And mm-hmm. you were 100% correct your first hour when you said that one thing that people in the state of Alabama do not like, and we can see, is this double standard. And the fact that, that other people, for, first of all, the fact that you could accuse anybody of any crime and you don't have to produce proof. Second of all, that that some crimes are looked at differently than others. And the fact that the people in the state of Alabama um, are being looked at differently or in a poor way because we believe that, that somebody should actually have due process just tends to make folks here even more angry. I mean, even Wiener. Remember Wiener? Yes. Remember what he photographed of the same yeah. name? Yes. Yeah. They gave him the benefit of the doubt, the left. You know, they had a they, they took off after a- and Andrew Breitbart and, and the Breitbart side and mocked them and so forth and so on. And it turns out it was Wiener's Wiener. Right. And, and we, we want the ability to get the facts and to determine for ourselves. And, if and you're going to. Out, you're going to. And, and I think if there's really any effective effort, should he be elected to expel him, not only do I think, and I agree with the Napolitano on this one, not only do I think that's unconstitutional based on a Supreme Court decision, although the court can do whatever it wants. It shouldn't, but could. Um, uh, I think that that uh, that will do further damage to the Republican Party and the Republican establishment. And look, Mitch McConnell and Gardner and all these Republicans—they don't know any more or less than you and I know. Correct. They—they they don't. They don't know any more or less than you and I know. They're all running for the hills. Fine, run for the hills, but at least have some integrity. You know, you're pushing guys out there saying, "We'll expel him." Don't you want to get the facts? Seems to me, if he's elected, then the Senate or at least the Republicans in the Senate, could could carefully examine what took place. 
And, of course, Judge Napolitano's point is correct. You really can't hold him to account for things that took place before he was elected, when he wasn't a senator. So they're in a pickle. The bottom line is McConnell doesn't want this guy in. Whether this took place or not, McConnell doesn't want the guy in. So he's not exactly objective about this. Karen, thank you so much for your call. We'll be right back. Shopping online has its pluses, but also comes with risks, you know. With the holidays fast approaching, here are some tips to keep your identity and financial information safe. Always use a secure internet connection rather than vulnerable hotspots. Shop on sites with secure payment methods like credit cards or gift cards. Create strong passwords. Be wary of deals that are too good to be true. And finally, avoid phony shopping apps. Identity fraud costs Americans $16 billion just in 2016. If you're only monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not detect. Thieves could sell your information on the dark web or get an online payday loan in your name. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If they detect your information, they'll send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock, the best. Go to LifeLock.com, LifeLock.com, or call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. In either case... Make sure you use promo code LEVIN, that's L-E-V-I-N. That way you get 10% off your LifeLock membership. Again, that's 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Save 10% right now. This show goes awfully fast. Now, of course, I'm the host. I'm the host. But do you know what's funny? I've always been a professional radio listener. How many years have I said that, Mr. Producer? Fifteen years I've said I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a professional host, but I'm more a professional radio listener. Have you seen these ads about professional football watchers now? Do you know what I'm talking about? These professional fans. Which one is it? It's one of the cable companies does it, I think. Are you a professional? Yes, Frank's a professional football fan. I'm going, geez, where have I heard that before? No offense. No offense. Nathan, Colorado Springs, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go. Hey, Mark. Hey, um, first off, I want to say this. My wife always wonders why I listen to you. And she's like, well, did you tell her? No, did and I tell her? She's like... I, I, uh, I tell her, you know what, it's good to have somebody else speak strongly about what I believe because I don't have as big an audience and it's good to have somebody else speak strongly <laughs> and intelligently for what I believe in because I can't talk to more than five or ten people about what I think. Well, Nathan, I want you to call tomorrow, but tell your wife the ingredients for the show's success is simple. Brilliance. Matched with passion. That's all. It's that simple. Nathan, thank you, my brother, and we salute all you heroes out there, okay? See you on Levin TV in two minutes. I'll see you right here on the radio tomorrow. God bless you.